they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, the 6th of May. This is the first Friday of May. And um, remember First Friday in adoration to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and making reparation to the most sacred heart of Jesus for all um, the offenses committed against him. So we want to begin this hour. It's noon. So we want to begin with uh, during Easter time, we say the Regina Chaley instead of the Angelus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice. Alleluia. For he whom you merited to bear. Alleluia has risen as he said, Alleluia. Pray for us to God, Alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, Alleluia, for the Lord is truly risen, Alleluia. Let us pray, O God, who by the, life, by the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, have vouchsafed to make glad the whole world, grant we beseech thee that through the prayers of the Virgin Mary we may rejoice to share in his resurrection, the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. We ask the angels to join us here. Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni Sunt Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in Excelsis, Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in Excelsis. So, are you free? Are we free? You know, in this country, we like to think that we have freedom, and um, the question is, what is freedom? What is the biblical view of freedom? And what is the root of freedom? What truly makes us free? We want to look at those things today. And I want to read a passage here from the Gospel of John, where Jesus is um, talking to his disciples. And he says, Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. And no slave continues in the house forever. The sun continues forever. So if the sun makes you free, you will be free indeed. So what is Jesus saying here? What, what constitutes our freedom? Well, knowing the truth constitutes our freedom. Well, what is truth? Is that just some vague concept? Is, is it my truth, your truth? The truth is whatever we want it to be? Well, it's interesting um, Thomas Aquinas gave a def definition of truth, and he said, truth is the adequation of the mind to reality. Now, that's, that's talking about truth. Okay, so adequation. What is adequation? Well, that's when we conform our mind to reality. So if our mind is not conformed to reality, we're not living in the truth. And it's interesting because what is the reality? Well, first of all, we didn't make ourselves, did we? No, we didn't. Um, we can't make anyone. We can't create anything. 
we can make things, but when we make things, we use other materials that God made, uh, God created. If, to be able to create, you have to make out of nothing, and that's what God does. He speaks the word, and it comes to be. And God is the source of all cre- created creation. He's the source of every created thing. And everything that God made is good. So God is truth. He's, there's no darkness in him. There's no duplicity in God. We have some beautiful, beautiful paragraphs in the catechism that explain to us that God is truth, okay? Um, to obey, by the way, from the Latin, audere means to hear or listen to. To obey is to hear or listen to. To obey in faith is to submit freely to the word that has been heard because its truth is guaranteed by God who is truth itself. Abraham is the model of such obedience offered up by the sacred scripture. The Virgin Mary is the most perfect embodiment of it. So we have the truth and and God is the source of truth. God is truth. God can't be deceived. He cannot deceive you. God is God. We are not. And there is no darkness in God. There is only light and goodness. God, he who is, revealed himself to Israel as the one abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The two terms express summarily the riches of the divine name. In all his works, God displays not only his kindness, goodness, grace, and steadfast love, but also his truthfulness, his constancy, his faithfulness, and truth. I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. That's Psalm 138.2 and compare Psalm 85.11. He is the truth for God is light and in him there is no darkness. God is love. So you look at 1 John, the apostle John wrote that. 1 John 1.5 and 4.8. So God is truth. In him there is no darkness. And the catechism goes on to quote from scriptures The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances endures forever, Psalm 119, 160. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, 2 Samuel 7, 28. This is why God's promise always comes true, compare Deuteronomy 7, 9. God is truth itself, whose words cannot deceive This is why one can abandon oneself in full trust to the truth and faithfulness of his word in all things. The beginning of sin and of man's fall was due to a lie of the tempter who induced doubt of God's word, kindness, and faithfulness. Remember, Adam and Eve let their trust in God die in their heart. And they decided, and of course, the tempter, he said, oh, did God tell you you couldn't eat of any of the trees of the garden? He's already twisting what God had commanded. Oh, no, Eve says. Now, um, just just this tree right here. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Eve. If you're not supposed to be eating from this tree, what are you doing standing underneath of it? <laughs> you know, the near occasion of sin, right? We're supposed to avoid that. Why? Because 
we can be tempted. God doesn't tempt us beyond our strength, but we can tempt ourselves beyond our strength. It's like, I will toy with this temptation for a while and see, you know, it's, uh, at some point I'll say, no, I, I, I mean, but then we get weaker and weaker and our will, our, res, our resolve to say no gets weaker and weaker. Now don't toy with temptation, just get away from it. So Eve's standing by that tree that God told him not to eat from. And, and Eve says to her, oh no, God didn't say we couldn't eat from it. He said we shouldn't eat. He said, just this tree here. It's not all the trees in the garden, just this one right here. This is the only one we can't, and we're not even supposed to touch it lest we die. Well, Eve, wait a minute. If you're not supposed to, what are you doing standing next to it? Are you waiting for a leaf to fall to see? Are you already testing God? You know, and so, and so the devil sows this doubt, and it's like, oh, but, but see, you see, God, God knows that once you eat of this tree, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And of course, again, this is the lie of the devil. Remember, Adam and Eve, all of mankind, was cre- were created in God's image. And not only were Adam and Eve created in God's image, they were created in grace. They were immaculately created. They had the grace of God from the beginning, and they had certain gifts from God that didn't belong to them by nature, the preternatural gifts, which we've spoken of before, the gift of integrity, that all of their bodily faculties were perfectly subject to their intellect, which saw God as the true good to be chosen. And the will would choose, then freely choose, because the will is supposed to choose as it is informed by the intellect. So you have, we have a will, a free will. We can say yes or no to God, and Adam and Eve were free. He didn't make automatons. He made us in his image, and he is free, and he is loving. So he wants us to love, but the only way we can love is if we're free. But freedom isn't you know, the license to do whatever we want. Remember, Jesus says to his followers that if you sin, you're a slave of sin. And you're not going to have a permanent place in the house. So Adam and Eve allowed their trust in God to die in their heart. God made them in his image. They were already had grace, so they already had a mystical knowledge of God. They could speak to God in a friendly, familiar way. They were close to God and they had perfect integrity so that it was easy for them to choose good and to know that God was the true good. But they listened to the voice of the tempter instead of calling on God saying, um, God, this serpent is speaking to us and we don't want to listen to him. Would you come and drive him out of the garden? Uh, they, they didn't call on God. Instead, they toyed with him. They Eve had this dialogue with him. You know, don't argue with the devil, fly. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, he's a fallen angel and the angels are far beyond us intellectually. And boy, he can twist the truth and make it, you know, pretty contorted. Look at our world today. The truth is so twisted and contorted. What is truth anymore? Oh, it's, 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 I have my truth and you have your truth. And no, 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 not according to the scriptures. God is the truth. And he reveals what is good and holy. And what will make us happy. But he also gave us freedom because he wants us to love. And we can only love if we are free. He didn't want robots. He could have created a whole universe of robots. You know, automatons that had to do everything he said. That's not what he did. We'll be back with more on freedom and truth. And how do we live in this freedom and are we free? Thank you for joining us on Virgin Most Powerful Radio on this first Friday of May, 2022.
Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 6th. Terry's not here in the studio today. Um, he had a, a speaking engagement somewhere else. So um, I'm here with my guardian angel. And also, um, I want to remind everyone, as the um, we had the ad there in between of Dr. Sandoval, um, reminding us all that there's the Marriage and Family Conference tomorrow, May 6th. So I hope you've all signed up for that. And um, I do want to thank our benefactors and all those who... Um, Help us through volunteer work, through prayers, through sacrifices, through monetary help, um, those who offer their sufferings for us. It, it's, it's very humbling to understand that w- this is not a work we could do on our own, first of all. This is hopefully we want to be doing God's work, so we want to be obedient to Him. And second of all, we can't do this work without your help. So thank you. Thank you, and may God richly reward you and bless you. And I hope that um, a lot of couples have signed up for that conference tomorrow. And those who can't come, I sign up anyway, and you can listen. You can listen to it online. You can get the recordings and be able to listen to it, um, even from your home. So please sign up, um, call the office, find out how to do this. Um, 877-526-2151 is the office number if you want to call and, and sign up uh, if you're not sure how to do it online. VirginMostPowerfulRadio.org. Um, and it's all one word, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. That's our um, our website, and you can go on there. And there is a place. There's a place on there to sign up. So I hope I hope a lot of people are joining us tomorrow. And um, if you haven't already signed up, please do, and encourage your family and friends to do so. So we're talking about freedom and in what constitutes freedom. And we have this this reading here from the Gospel of John in John eight, where Jesus tells us that um, if we sin, we're not free. You know, oftentimes when people think of freedom, they think, well, freedom is just the ability to do whatever I want to do, whatever feels good. That's freedom. Well, no, actually, it's not. And it doesn't give us joy and it doesn't make us happy. It's, it's like that, you know, give a child as much chocolate he wants. Does that make him happy? Well, he thought it would make him happy. You know, give him as much ice cream as he wants. Is that going to make him happy? No, it's going to make him sick. <laughs> he's not going to feel very good when he's done. Sure, it tastes good while you're eating it. But that momentary pleasure turns into, um, it can be days, weeks. And for some people, you know, for those of us, you know, it's, it's, if we don't control the faculties of our body, um, they can actually have lifetime negative effects. If we don't learn to say no to um, the desires of our flesh, um, the, the, you know, just wanting to taste good things that taste good and not wanting to eat healthy foods, um, it can have some real negative effects on our health, lifelong lasting effects that, that make us pretty miserable. And, and we ha- so we have to learn to say no to ourselves, and say yes to God. And you say yes to goodness. Remember that everything God made was good. Adam and Eve knew goodness already before they sinned. What they didn't know is they didn't know evil. Yeah, they didn't know evil because God didn't make evil. That wasn't something God created Sin is evil. The rejection of God is evil. The rejection of goodness is evil. So by sinning, they introduced evil. Now, they were already tempted. They were tempted to do so by someone who had already sinned, Satan, the devil. He had rebelled against God. Lucifer had rebelled. And so he wanted to get man to rebel against God. And especially since man was created in God's image. And that irked him a lot. 
like, well, if God was going to make himself, you know, become anything, he should be made in my image, Lucifer thought. Lucifer was the highest of the angels, and he wanted to be able to imprint his image on all of on all the other creatures. And he was told, no, there's there's this man, and he's going to be the Messiah, and you need to, he's going to, my son is going to become man. Now, Lucifer didn't know when or where this was going to take place. God didn't reveal his whole, you know, battle plan. I, I it oftentimes in the modern world, when I see news, news reports or, or um, what do you call those, when they bring all the newsmen into a room and they have a, um, a conference where they, they get to ask the president questions or if there's a war going on, they get to ask the generals who are in charge of it questions. And, and, and the news reporters, a press conference, thank you, press conference, that's the, that's the word. And, and the news reporters will do things like they will specifically ask the general to lay out his battle plan to, on national TV to the whole world. By the way, you don't exactly lay out your battle plan to the enemy unless you don't really want to win the war, unless you really want to lose. <laughs> so, you know, and not that Satan could defeat God. Satan can't defeat God. Satan is only a creature. And all of those of us who give in to temptation and sin and, and give Satan power over us by our sins, we're not, it, it takes nothing away from God. It only hurts us. It destroys us and it destroys the image of God in us. And that's why Satan wants us to sin because he hates the image of God in us and he wants to destroy it. So sin does not make us free. And neither does making up our own truth. This is what Adam and Eve wanted to do. They wanted to be able to decide what was morally right or wrong. They wanted to be able to say, well, this is what we can do, or this is what we shouldn't do. No, God gave us the, he gives us the truth. He made us, he made us for himself and he made us to live in union with himself. We're not called to mediocrity. We are called to greatness. We're called to live in union with God. We're called to live in union with God. We are called to live in union with God. We are supposed to begin to live that union with God right here on earth. We're supposed to discipline our minds and our hearts to think of God and to keep our focus fixed on him. Remember Peter in the boat and Jesus comes walking to them on the water in the middle of the night. And Peter's like, well, if it's really you, Lord, tell me to get out of the boat and walk on the water to you. They think it's a ghost. Well, wait a minute. What is he supposed to do, Peter? It's really him. So he says, Peter, come. And Peter gets out of that boat and he's walking on the water. His attention is focused on Jesus. He's walking on the water. But then what happens? Oh, wait a minute. Wind, waves, storm. What am I doing? I'm not even in the boat anymore. It's dangerous enough in the boat. And here I am. He took his eyes off Jesus. And he took his focus off Jesus. So we are supposed to discipline our minds and our hearts to keep ourselves focused on the Lord, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the storm and the storm will happen. You know, just because we give ourselves to the Lord doesn't mean that all of a sudden all suffering is going to go out of our life and all of and everything in life is going to be easy and simple. No, we are called to follow the Lord. And that means anyone who wants to follow me must take up his cross daily and, and follow after me. It's an arduous task. We have to say no to ourselves moment by moment, day by day. We have to say no to the desires of the flesh and discipline the flesh in order to be free to live union with God. So 
we say no to ourselves. We give up the things of this world in order to spend more time with God. Okay, if we're just giving up the things of this world and we're not replacing it with more time spent with God and or more time serving our neighbor in need, because when we serve our neighbor in need, when we do that for love of God, we're serving Jesus. Remember, whatever you do, the least of my brothers, you do to me. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus said to Paul on the way to Damascus. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. What? I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting these the new way, this way that's rebelling against God's law, God's the the the, the religion that God revealed. Uh, isn't aren't I right to do that? And and Paul is struck blind and he's led into Damascus and the Lord reveals to him what he needs to do. And Paul comes to believe in Jesus Christ and understand that whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do to me. And when you persecute my brethren, you're persecuting me. Freedom and truth. Freedom and truth. The two go together. And if our minds are not conformed to reality, we are not free and we do not know the truth. Remember, God is unchanged and unchanging. He never changes. He remains the same forever. God is eternal. He is eternally good. He is eternally beautiful. He is eternally loving. He is eternally Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a community of love and life for all eternity. And his wisdom is beyond anything we can comprehend. But he gives us a glimpse because he wants us to live in union with him. And that union is a union of love and life. God's truth is his wisdom, which commands the whole created order and governs the world. Look at Wisdom 13, 1 through 9. That's from uh, summarizing the book of Wisdom 13, 1 through 9. God, who alone made heaven and earth, can alone impart true knowledge of every created thing in relation to himself. Look at Psalm 115, 15, and the book of Wisdom again, chapter 7, 17 through 21. So it's God who imparts the truth to us. God is the author of creation. And by the way, that God exists is not an article of faith. You don't need faith to know that God exists. That God exists is a self-evident truth. It's one of the things, you know, Jesus warned. He said, you know, if, you be, if you're sinning, you're going to be a slave of sin. Well, sin does something to us. It darkens our intellect. It weakens our will. And it also makes us ugly. It darkens our intellect. We can't see the truth clearly anymore. It weakens our will so that now we are not able to discipline ourselves to, to choose the true good. And so we choose created goods, lesser goods. And it makes us ugly because we're made in God's image and God is the source of all beauty. And we are so beautiful when we are in the state of grace. And when we sin, we, we distort that image of God in us. Now, if we commit a mortal sin, we cast God's grace out of ourselves and we're dead. And we can only get back into his grace by confessing our sins and asking him for mercy. And, and any sin we commit, we should ask God for mercy because any sin is an offense against God. But not every sin kills our soul. Not every sin is mortal. And yes, that's in the scriptures. Look at the first letter of John. There's a deadly sin 
And there's a sin that's not deadly. Mortal sin, deadly sin. So God is truthful when he reveals himself. The teaching that comes from God is true instruction. So we, we want to know the scriptures. Look at the book of Malachi 2.6. We want to read scriptures. This is God's holy word. This is his love letter to us. And, and it's not the only revelation. Jesus Christ is the full revelation of God. And not everything that Jesus taught and did is written in the scriptures. It says so right in scripture. So we have sacred tradition. But nonetheless, start with the scripture. Start reading God's word every day. If you want to know what God reveals, he gives us true instruction. He shows us the way to freedom. The Ten Commandments, which, by the way, were not provisional. There are some things in the old law, the dietary laws, the circumcision, the animal sacrifices. Those were provisional. And when Jesus came, he fulfilled all the requirements for all of that. And so they weren't needed anymore. So we're talking today about freedom and truth. And are we really free? And can we know if we're really free? Well, don't go away. We'll be back with more. This is Virgin Most Powerful Radio, Bible with the Barbers, on this first Friday of May. Tomorrow is the Marriage and Family Conference here at Sacred Heart Chapel. I want to thank all our listeners and all the radio stations that pick us up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. Again, Terry is giving a talk somewhere else, so he's not here today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the radio stations that to the radio stations that pick us up and broadcast our signal. Thank you those of you who have downloaded the app and have that. And those who listen maybe on um, the internet on our own website or on uh, Facebook or Rumble. Um, and remember to you know thank Rumble for carrying us. <laughs> there are some platforms that. Don't want to clarify some of the message of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. But again, what we are interested here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio is true freedom and the truth. True freedom and the truth. We want to know the truth because the truth will set us free. And Jesus Christ said to his apostles, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we're, we're talking about this, you know, this truthfulness and, and leading to freedom. Without truth, we don't have the freedom. We can't have it. Um, So when God sends his son into the world, it will be to bear witness to the truth. John 18, 37, Jesus comes to bear witness to the truth. Remember? And that's what he says to Pilate at at the trial. He says, um, I have come to bear witness to the truth and anyone who is committed to the truth hears my voice. And that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Are we committed to knowing the truth or are we, is it, is it, we want to be caught in this trap of my truth and your truth that I only want to know what makes me feel good and, um, knowing what makes me feel good, I'm going to solidify myself in this to say, well, whatever makes me feel good is my truth. Well, then are we really free? (laughs) Anyone who sins is a slave of sin and a slave doesn't have a permanent place in the house. Jesus had told us. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding to know him who is true. 1 John 5.20 and John 17.3. 
1 John 5.20 is that that's not the gospel of John. That's the first letter of John, chapter 5, verse 20. And then compare to John 17.3, which is the gospel of John. <clears throat> so we have that, um, that Jesus is revealing the truth to us, that he himself is the truth. He's revealing himself. And, and it's interesting because in, in that 1 John 17.3, the gospel, it says... And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So what is the truth? The truth is what God made and what God reveals. It's not whatever I decide. And, and so God gives us this relationship with himself. And at the Last Supper, you know, it's, it's so beautiful. Jesus reveals himself to his apostles, and, and he tells them something. Remember, at the Last Supper and in the Gospel of John, you have this beautiful prayer that Jesus says that's not recorded anywhere else in scripture. And Jesus is showing his apostles how to pray. He's teaching us how to pray. Of course, he taught us the Our Father. And, and he, he often went aside in silence and, and um, seclusion to pray, to be alone with the Father. So paragraph 2614 of the catechism said, when Jesus entrusts to his disciples the mystery of prayer to the Father, he reveals to them what their prayer and ours must be. Once he has returned to the Father in his glorified humanity, what is new is to ask in his name. Remember he says to the apostles in John 14, 13, ask in my name. Ask in my name. So we're He's revealing to us that we can ask anything of the Father in his name. Does that mean we can ask for anything? I can ask to win the lottery and I'm going to win it? Well, wait a minute. God doesn't want us to go to hell. And, and, and he already told us that you know, it's easier for the camel to pass through the needle's eye. By the way, Luke uses the word for surgeon's needle in his gospel, the needle's eye, than it is for the, for the rich man to get into heaven. You know, Having the things of this world oftentimes interferes with us getting to heaven. Now, granted, abject poverty can also, because remember in the, in the book of wisdom, it says, I believe it's wisdom. It says, do not give me wealth lest I think I don't need you, but do not give me abject poverty lest I steal and profane the name of the Lord, but give to me a sufficiency. We need a sufficiency of this world's goods. We don't need an excess, but we don't need to be totally without. But when we meet people who are in abject poverty, don't just say they're lazy and no good. Do for them what you can to help them in their poverty, especially to help them know that they're loved. We don't have to pity them. We don't have to look down on them. We have no idea. No idea. We just know that Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of my brothers, you do for me. So we're going to ask in his name. Faith in the Son introduces the disciples into the knowledge of the Father because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. From John 14, 6. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Beautiful Bishop Sheen had a beautiful saying about that. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. Without Christ, we're, in, we're, we're not on the right road. We can't know the truth, and we can't go to heaven. 
And that's the life we want is that eternal life. And we can't have eternal life with the Father because what is eternal life? To know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is what Jesus would say. This is eternal life, to know you, the one true God. He's speaking to the Father, that, that high priestly prayer that he prays at the Last Supper. Okay, Faith bears its fruit in love. And again, why are we free? Why does God allow us the possibility to be tempted? Because he wants us to love him. He never tempts us beyond our strength. We need to turn to him in times of temptation, ask for the grace to resist that temptation. And yes, it might be very painful, but that's also very purifying. God can purify us through our sufferings. You know, when we realize our weakness, remember Paul and I, God, God, he said, in order to keep me from becoming too elated, God gave me a thorn in the flesh, an angel of Satan to tempt me. Three times I begged the Lord to take it from me. And the Lord said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. So what does Paul learn? Therefore, I glory in my weakness. For when I am weak, then is the power of Christ made strong within me. Christ's power shines through us when we are weak. And it is his strength that enables us to do good. We cannot do any good. No good is ever done in this world without God's help. Evil, we don't need the devil's help. Once we sinned, we're inclined to evil. We're turned away from God. We no longer have integrity. Our nature is, you know, we come to know things through our senses and we confuse the created goods we see around us for the God who made us, for the true good. The true good is God himself. We were made to choose God and live in union with him. But oh, we think those hot fudge sundaes and those, you know, that, that candy or, or that sin, you know, Whatever it is, I am the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before me. How many strange gods do we have before God? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It's a sin. By the way, for people who are making movies, for all you Catholics and Christians out there making movies, you can't have your actors using the name of God in vain. They're sinning. And when they sin, the people around them are participating in that sin by listening to it if they don't make reparation to the holy name of God for the sins committed against him. Honor, to keep holy the Sabbath day. Do we keep holy the Sabbath day? People, are we going to mass on Sunday? God has given us six days on which to pursue our worldly pursuits. And he's reserved one for himself. Our lady at La Salette wept when she appeared to the children. God has given you six days on which to work. And he's reserved the seventh for you to spend with him. And you won't do that. This is France after the French Revolution, where the faith had been decimated by the French Revolution. And yet our lady is calling us back. Because she wants us to come back to Jesus. We need the Lord. We can't do any good without him. We don't need the devil's help to do evil. Go through the Ten Commandments. These weren't provisional. We need to keep them. We need to go to Mass on Sunday. We need to keep holy the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath day in the new law, because Christ rose from the dead on Sunday, is Sunday. And it's the Lord's day. And it doesn't just mean, well, go to Mass in the morning and then I can do whatever I want all day. No, we're supposed to use Sunday as a day of rest in the Lord. We're supposed to use it as a day to study our faith, to serve the sick and the poor, to be with family in a prayerful, loving way that upbuilds us. Say only the good things that will men need to hear, things that will truly build them up in the Lord. We're supposed to be building one another up in the Lord. 
This is the truth. This is freedom. It's not freedom to go to all the entertainments that are available to us. It's not freedom to go out to the movies several times a week or even once a week or even once a month. Most of the movies they make nowadays are so full of sin that when you go to the movies, you come out with all kinds of sins because you've been drawn into sin. Violence is not entertainment. Sex is not entertainment. Using foul language is not entertainment. Using God's name in vain is not entertainment. Blasphemy is not entertainment. We need to be serious about our faith. We need to take the Lord at his word. God gives us the grace to resist sin, and we can live in freedom as his children. He wants us to walk in union with him all the days of our life so that we can live in union with him for all eternity. This life on earth is short. (laughs) Eternity is forever. It's eternal. (laughs) It's just simply eternal. We need to consider this. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way we must follow. He is the truth we must believe, and he is the life we must live. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him renounce himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me, Jesus said to us. Faith bears its fruit in love, in service to our neighbor, and love of God. Remember, we have to love God above all. St. Therese of Lezou prayed, My God, lend me your love with which to love you, that you may be loved as you deserve. And then she asked Jesus, Jesus, lend me your heart to love my neighbor, that I may love my neighbor as you have commanded. We have another break here. Thank you again for listening. Don't go away. We have one more section here. We want to talk about freedom and truth and know what those things mean and where do we find them. Let's stay rooted in Christ, rooted in the word of God. We'll be right back. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, the 6th of May. Remember that tomorrow is our marriage and family conference. I hope everyone signed up for that. Um, and those who can't come, if you go online and sign up, and then you can listen to the, to the, the conference online. Um, So we have faith bears its fruit in love. It means keeping the word and the commandments of Jesus. It means abiding in him, in the Father, who, abiding with him in the Father, who in him so loves us that he abides with us. In this new covenant, the certitude that our petitions will be heard is founded on the prayer of Jesus. Compare John 14, 13 through 14. And we have this in the, in the first letter of John chapter five. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the one begotten by him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. Where did John, John, the apostle, get that idea? Well, at the Last Supper, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, this idea that the Ten Commandments are, are um, <laughs> ten suggestions. <laughs> nope, they're not. <laughs> they're commandments. And if we love God, we keep them or strive to keep them. And when we sin, we, we, and we, 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 we will sin. That's just We will do that because we have concupiscence and we're weak. But we keep turning to God 
And as Paul said, I glory in my weakness. Lord, glorify yourself in my weakness. Glorify yourself in my weakness and help me to turn to you and admit that I'm weak and I need your help to do good. Without your help, Lord, I can't do any good. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God, for who, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith in God is the victory that overcomes the world. Who is it that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And it's not just about saying that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It's believing, remember? It's believing and and living that belief in action. Remember Jesus said, not all those who cry, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. So it's not, it's not about lip service. It's about giving our whole heart to the Lord and being humble before him, admitting that we need his help to do good, continually telling him that we want to do good, you know, at the end of the Terry and Jesse show there, they, they, we did the, the pre-recorded show of Bishop Athanasius Schneider and Terry with the interview that Terry did with Bishop Athanasius about the book he wrote on the Mass. And they were talking about that little boy in the last section of the show, the little boy who died young, but he was so in love with God and he offered all of his sufferings in union with Jesus. And his only desire was to live in union with Jesus he knew that Jesus was really present in the Blessed Sacrament, and so he desired this constant union with our Lord. We can't receive Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament more than twice in one day, but we can make spiritual communions continually throughout the day. We can express our desire to God for union with him. And we want that union with God because we want to be able to do his will. We want to be able to, that he should be able to do the good in us that he wants to do. You know, at baptism, God began a great work in us, not just a good work, a great work. He made us one with himself. He came to live in us. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit came to live in our souls. God abides in us because he chooses to be in us because he wants us to be one with him. He wants us to know him and to love him. And he wants us to live in union with him. He wants us to strive. Remember, Jesus says, and this is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. It's in John 17, the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. And this is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is how we have eternal life, is to know God. This life on earth is passing, and it's short. If we live in union with God, if we know him, strive to know the Lord, if we beg him every day to reveal himself and ask for the grace of final perseverance, God promised, ask and you shall receive. God is truthful. He cannot deceive. 
Now we can deceive ourselves and we can deceive each other and we can try and, you know, pretend that, well, you know, oftentimes we think we earn God's love and we earn our salvation. That's not what it's about. God freely gives us the, the gift of salvation. It's ours for the asking, but we need to ask him for the grace that we need to cooperate, to allow him to work in and through us to accomplish his will and his plan in us, to allow, to make us strong enough to give us the courage to be able to take up our cross daily and follow after him. We want to follow Jesus to Calvary because by following Jesus to Calvary and dying in union with him there, we will share in his resurrection. If we share in his death, we will share in his resurrection. God is truth. We're not free if we're living in sin. We're not free if we're listening to the world, the flesh, and the devil and allowing them to control us and determine what we do in our life. That's not freedom. We live in a world right now that says, you know, and we have to pray. We have to pray much. We need to pray that we will recognize the truth of the gift of life and the dignity of every human person. Every human person is created in God's image. Every little baby in the womb is precious and dear to God, and no human being can create human life. Yes, men beget children. A woman bears a child in her womb, but only God can create the immortal soul that gives life to that child and makes that child in his image. We need to respect life, and we need to pray for our country that we will bring an end to, by God's grace, through our efforts, to the culture of death in all of its forms. And by the way, the culture of death is rooted in that pleasure culture, that culture that says, I can determine what's good and evil. I can determine by what's pleasurable to me and not pleasurable. That's not truth. That's slavery to sin. That's slavery to the world, the flesh, and the devil. We need to turn to the Lord and we need to enshrine him as the king and center of our hearts, our lives, our homes, our families, and our world. We need to proclaim Christ as king and make him king in our lives. And then we need to defend the defenseless. We need to defend the innocent who are being murdered. The Old Testament speaks about, the Bible speaks about it. You know, innocent blood cries out to God for vengeance. Those who are killed unjustly, their blood cries out to the Lord for vengeance. If we want peace in our country, in our state, our nation, our community, we need to stop the killing of little children, and not just through induced abortion, whether it be chemically induced or surgically induced, We need to stop living a pleasure culture. We need to start living for the Lord and living in his presence and being aware that we were made by God. We were made for union with God and we want to live with him for all eternity. Eternal life is this, to know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. This is eternal life and to live for that and to love To love as God loves. He loves every baby he ever created. Only God can create human life. And he loves every baby he ever created. 
So we need to love them too. We need to love them with God's love and we need to defend the lives of the innocent. And we need to defend the mothers from being abused. And we need to defend the doctors from deceiving themselves. Please, God, convert the doctors. If the doctors refuse to do the surgical abortions, at least that ends that. And we need to ask God to help us. As Abby Johnson said, I don't want abortion to be rare. I want abortion to be induced abortion to be unthinkable. I don't want contraception and the pleasure culture to be rare. I want it to be unthinkable. I want us all, and I beg God for the grace for myself and those who are dear to me and all of my family, and we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, to know that we were made for freedom, but freedom is not license. It's not doing what I want, and it's not indulging my flesh. And we live in a whole confused, mixed up world where people think that they can now define their gender. Oh, you know, and and then they redefine words. They're redefining the meaning of words. By the way, gender does mean sex. It means either male or female. God made man in his image. In the divine image, he made them. Male and female, he created them. That is sex. The gender. God made male and female. He made two genders male and female. And a female has an XX chromosome and the male has the XY chromosome. And it's real simple. It's in your DNA. And to try and deceive ourselves. And, and I understand. And this is sin wounds us and it darkens our intellect and weakens our will. And it, it makes us feel unlovable and unloving. And so we try and look in created things. We try and look in the created world for a solution. But we were made for God. And we need to learn to, to keep God's commandments, to keep the commandments, all of them, to obey the law of God, to love God, to love the Lord our God with our whole heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. What does it mean to love? It's to desire the good of the beloved. Now with God, we have a complacent love. God loved us first, but our neighbor, we can love our neighbor. And we, if we love our neighbor, we do not want our neighbor to do evil. And we won't do evil to our neighbor. Killing innocent children is evil. And it's doing evil to them. And by the way, it's doing evil to the mothers too. And believe me, women don't usually freely choose to kill their babies unless something's terribly wrong. Women want help with their pregnancy. They want help with their families. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians is loving one another and supporting one another in our vocations and in the life that we live in union with God. So let's make Christ the king and center of our lives. Let's live in freedom. Let's turn to the truth that is God himself. And let's live in the truth and live freely as children of God, children of the light, walking in the light, and letting that light shine through us so that the whole world can see the light and rejoice in God, who is light. Join us again next week on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you, family, for being with us.